0: Jai Hare Krishna, and we are continuing with the message of Godhead by His Divine Grace Shila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Page number 38. We can see signs of such imperfection in the method of preaching exposed posed by Gandhiji. Although he chants the name of Rama, he is not aware of the transcendental science of the name. He is a worshipper of the impersonal Godhead. That is to say, his Godhead is devoid of transcendental activities. In other words, his Godhead cannot eat, cannot see, and cannot hear. When the empiric philosopher tries to approach the transcendental absolute truth, he can reach only as far as the impersonal feature of Godhead without knowing anything about the Lord's transcendental pastimes. When the Absolute Truth is not credited with having any transcendental senses or sensory activities, certainly he is thought to be powerless. And the powerless Godhead, of course, cannot hear the prayers of his devotees, nor can he ameliorate the distress of the universe. By the empiric process of philosophical research, one can perhaps distinguish the metaphysical subjects from the physical objects, but unless the Seeker of Truth can reach the personal feature of the Absolute Truth, he gains only dry, impersonal knowledge of him without any actual transcendental profit. It is therefore necessary that leaders, like Gandhi, establish themselves on the transcendental footing of the personal feature of the Absolute Truth, known as Vishnu, the all-pervading Godhead, and arrange for his transcendental service VIA Karma Yoga. In this way they can do good for the people in general. Most people are extremely busy in the affairs of the material body and mind. Those in the lowest stage of such mundane activities can very rarely understand the activities of the spiritual plane. These people are generally baffled because their various acts of sin and virtue are merely directed toward the ameliorating the distress and enhancing the happiness of the temporary body and mind through such behavior as eating, sleeping, defending and gratifying the senses. The material scientists, the modern quasi-priests who invoke such material activities, invent many objects to gratify the material senses, including the eye, ear, nose, skin, tongue, and ultimately the mind. And in this way the scientists create a field of unnecessary competition for enhancement of material happiness, which leads the whole world into the whirlpool of uncalled-for clashes. The net result is scarcity all over the world, so much so that even the bare necessities of life, namely food, shelter, clothing, become objects of contention and control. And so there arise all sorts of obstacles to the traditional, God-given life of plain living and high thinking. Persons who are a little above such gross materialists believe firmly in life after death and thus try to rise a little above the the plane of gross century enjoyment of this one life. They try to accumulate something for the next life by acts of virtue, just as a man banks some money for future happiness. But these people do not understand that Even virtuous acts cannot free one from the bondage of work as we have explained above. On the contrary, virtuous as well as sinful acts bind one to the wheel of action and reaction. Neither the sinful nor the pious materialistic people understand that Karma Yoga is the only means to attain liberation from the always uncongenial bondage of work. The expert karma yogi therefore behaves just like an attached materialist while simultaneously offering the fruits of his work to Vishnu in order to teach the people in general how to get out of the tangle of action and reaction in ordinary work. In this way, the karma yogi himself and the world at large are simultaneously benefited. As the Personality of Godhead says in Bhagavad Gita 3.26 O descendant of Bharata, better you continue to perform work like an attached materialist who is not conversant with transcendental knowledge. In this way you can recruit men to the path of karma yoga." So those who are aware of transcendental knowledge and who are thus actually learned perform all acts needed for maintaining the body and mind, but they do so with a view to satisfying the transcendental senses of the Supreme Godhead Vishnu. Ordinary men regard these learned transcendentalists as common workers, but in fact the transcendentalists are not workers for mundane benefit, they are karma yogis, or workers for transcendental results. And in such transcendental work, the material results are gained automatically without any separate endeavor. In the present age we are witnessing an enormous expansion of material activities. Mills and factories, as well as hospitals and other institutions are now in vogue. In ancient times there was not so great an expansion of material activities. In those days the mode of living was simple, and yet the thoughts were sublime. So now there is a very good field of activities for the Karma Yogis who can engage all the various modern institutions in the transcendental service of Vishnu for the satisfaction of his transcendental senses. It is imperative, therefore, that a temple of Vishnu be installed in all the aforementioned institutions and in individual homes for the same purpose, worshiping the Absolute Godhead in the same spirit of Karma Yoga as was maintained by the sages of ancient times. Although the all-pervading Personality of Godhead manifests Himself in His various transcendental eternal forms as incarnations, or plenary portions, or various partial portions, the sages recommend the worship of the eternal dual forms of Sri Sri Lakshmi Narayana, Shri Shri Sitaram and Shri Shri Radhakrishna. Therefore, it is desired most earnestly that the proprietors and managers of big mills, factories, hospitals, universities, hotels and various other institutions install a temple for worshiping any of these transcendental forms of Vishnu. This will transform all the workers in these institutions into karma yogis. It is generally experienced that workers in big mills and factories are addicted to so many abominable habits, and thus they gradually glide down to the lowest status to which a human being can descend. But if they are graciously offered the advantage of partaking of the remnants of foods offered to Vishnu, gradually they will develop a transcendental sense of spirituality and rise to the same status as that of spiritually advanced personalities. However, these people cannot rise to the exalted positions of Harijanas, people of God simply by being rubber-stamped as such. If they are influenced by a desire other than the transcendental service of Vishnu, every effort to rise them up from their degraded position will result in disaster and disturbance of the peace and tranquility of the social order. Leaders who incite such downtrodden laborers uselessly simply for the sake of temporary gain can never do the laborers any good, nor can the leaders themselves benefit by such ill-conceived actions. On the contrary, through such material activities both the laborers and the capitalists inevitably fall into unwholesome quarreling and so bring on great disturbance of the social order. The problem can be solved only by a determined program of Karma Yoga. If karma yoga is systematically performed, we shall transcend and more than fulfill all fragmented endeavors, whether by the socialists toward equality, by the Bolsheviks toward a grand social order of fraternity, or by the laborists toward a mundane heaven, wherein laborers surpass capitalists in the acquisition of wealth. Fraternity in human society develops gradually from love for self to love for family, from love to family to love for community, from love for community to love for nation, and from love for nation to love for the international community. And in this gradual process, there's always a center of attraction that helps our love progress and develop from one stage to another. We do not know, however, that in this constant struggle for fraternal development, the ultimate center of attraction is neither the family, the community, nor the nation, not even the international community, but the all-pervading Godhead, Vishnu. This ignorance is due to the material curtain, the illusory energy of the Absolute Truth. The great devotee, Prahlad Maharaj, confirms that people in general do not know that their ultimate center of attraction is Vishnu, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And in the Vishnu category, Shri Krishna is the Supreme Attraction. Jai. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We shall continue with this chapter tomorrow in the next episode. The link to this book is in the description. And we will see you next time. Hare Krishna.